Hey there, how you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back to the only true democracy in talk. Here's the deal. This is the last broadcast of the Leslie Marshall Show for 2023. Excited about 2024. I think we all are. We want to put, you know, this year behind us. There's been a lot of good that's happened, certainly for some, a lot of bad. You know, our, our guest today, I'm very excited because um, I really like her both personally and professionally. Uh, she does a heck of a job. I admire her very much. I think she was one of the first guests in 2023. So it's lovely that she will be our last in 2023. Uh, without further ado, we're going to uh, tell you a bit about her. Her name is Liz Schuler, And if you say, Liz Schuler, I know that name. Well, you should. She's president of 60 unions and 12.5 million members as president of the AFL-CIO. She is the first woman leader of America's labor movement, a visionary leader and longtime trade unionist. She believes that the labor movement is the single most powerful vehicle for progress and that unions are a central force in leading lasting societal transformations. She's committed to misting, busting those myths, the myths that we have about labor, uh, leveraging the labor movement's diversity for innovative approaches to social justice and making the benefits of a union voice on the job available to working people everywhere. You got to check out their website with 60 unions and 12.5 million members. They are doing a lot and you should be aware of it. And we're not going to be able to cover it all in this interview. So check it out. AFLCIO.org. That's AFLCIO.org. On Twitter, follow them at AFLCIO and follow President Schuler at Liz Schuler, L-I-Z-S-H-U-L-E-R. Uh, President Schuler, more than a pleasure to have you uh, back on the program and, and, and stoked that you're uh, the last for 2023. Certainly hoping to have you on uh, again and a lot more in 2024. What a year, Leslie. And it's so good to be with you. And thank you, too, for bringing a voice to these issues. Uh, you know, it's easy to do because uh, we were just talking about how fast a year goes, how much there is to do. And um, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, if if I was able as an AFL-CIO member to cast my vote for you, I would have. And I would have said, well, I got my my votes worth. I would say my money's worth, my votes worth. Um, so let's just dig in because so much great stuff has happened with AFL-CIO and even more specifically with you at the helm. Seriously, I salute you for that. You just announced uh, the formation of a new partnership with Microsoft um, to address the emerging AI industry. And I love the fact that, you know, you at the helm and AFL-CIO, you're, you're getting there. I mean, you know, you, this is progress and you're not waiting to see what other people are doing about it. So uh, talk about this partnership, what's new about it, and also why it is important, because AI is is really a new thing. Yes, and it is. It is going to affect every type of job, every industry as we go forward here. It's it's sort of a, the new frontier, I say, for the labor movement, because every working person deserves to have a seat at the table and how AI is going to be used, um, the voice that they're going to need to protect themselves in terms of privacy and surveillance. Um, but and not to mention how our work is going to change with the use of technology that we're going to need to, you know, continue to ladder up and find bigger and better jobs for ourselves uh, as we go forward. So, yes, we did announce this partnership. It was counterintuitive because people say Microsoft labor movement, but <laughs> that is exactly why we wanted to do it. Um, this is a new partnership to, to create an open dialogue, to really talk about how artificial intelligence has to anticipate the needs of workers 
and include their voices in development, include their voices in the implementation. It shouldn't just be, you know, after everything is fully baked and then we just land it in the workplace. No, we need to be upstream in the development and the implementation. So um, it's really exciting. Uh, one of the best parts about it from my perspective is it also includes a neutrality framework for worker organizing across the footprint of Microsoft and its supply chain, which has never been done before. We started and built on um, a successful partnership that our uh, Communications Workers of America, one of our affiliates, negotiated during the Activision Blizzard merger, and it was limited to Activision uh, and game workers. But this expands it across the footprint of the company, and we hope the entire industry, uh, because Microsoft stepped up and said, you know what? We think that workers can be um, a really important, uh, per, you know, voice to have at the table, and um, let's see how this works. Well, what I like about this partnership is, you know, you have three goals which I feel are, you know, necessary, and I love the fact you're get, you're getting ahead of it. You know what I mean? Like you, like you said before, the cake is baked. Um, sharing in-depth information with labor leaders and workers on AI technology trends. I mean, when you have people that are helping to build these things, they really need to know how it works, how it impacts them and how it impacts others, right? Incorporating their perspectives, like you said, they need a seat at the table um, and um, the expertise in, in the development of AI technology, um, because certainly a lot of workers and their perspective are gonna be much more helpful uh, in this process. And I also like that you guys incorporate as one of the three goals, helping shape public policy that supports the technology skills and needs of uh, frontline workers. Um, so, th th you know, look, this is a multifaceted, you know, situation. You guys are really hitting it head on with a multifaceted approach to include um, corporations, unions, workers. And then when you talk about public policy, you know, in a sense, you know, because because what, what is decided and what you guys work on with this partnership definitely is going to bleed over into uh, pol politicians and their legislative ideas. Absolutely. Those important guardrails that we all want as humanity to make sure that these technologies aren't, um, you know, just dehumanizing us and making our work uh, less safe and less secure. We want the opposite. And we see where this is going. We're, we're not going to stop technology, uh, mm -hmm. right? We're not anti-technology. We are pro-worker. And so we think that we can actually use technology in a positive way if it's, um, you know, built correctly, if it's built with workers in mind. We can actually unleash human creativity and at the same time make it work for working people. And unions really are the pathway to do this. You can think about how we have a history of collective bargaining where we sit across a table from a company and you know, bring workers' voices and power um, to that to that table. And we think that this should translate beautifully into this new frontier of technology um, and that we can be the innovators. We can be the ones uh, bringing new ideas to the table because, as you said, who better to incorporate than the frontline workers who actually know what it takes to make a product, who know what it takes to uh, deliver a good or a service to the economy. And so um, get those workers in the labs, get them standing you know, side by side with those developers and actually make technology work for working people. Um, you guys, AFL-CIO, had a poll 
And that poll showed that 70, you know, two thirds of workers worry about being replaced by AI. Um, is that what, you know, spawned you in a sense to say, we have got to do something about this because they need to know um, the real situation with AI and that they're not going to be replaced and that there is a place for them in the workplace with this new technology. Is that what brought the partnership on? Well, the fear is real. And that survey does reflect that people uh, see what's happening. Uh, they see, you know, when they show up to, to work, uh, our hotel workers, for example, who see automated check-in. They see robots that are um, being sent to rooms, um, being uh, in, interfacing with people's phones, you know. And, you know, our workers aren't dumb. They see what's on the horizon. And so, that is um, not just in you know one industry, it's in every industry. So we thought, you know, it's better to get ahead of the curve here and actually flex our muscle and you know while we can and um, use our collective bargaining agreements, um, use our expertise to get in those rooms at the table versus being on the menu. I have to say, um, you know, with Christmas shopping, I'm at a store. And I had to laugh because I saw this thing on Facebook, but this goes through my mind. It's a cartoon of a woman pushing a cart and a guy says to her, ma'am, self-checkout is right over there. And she said, oh, no, I don't work here. And I, th I think that is so true. I don't I can't stand, you know, that I'm sorry. It's sort of like I don't like cooking at a restaurant. I'm going out to eat. Right. <laughs> Take my yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and well, I have to say for everybody listening, because I travel a lot, I never use that, you know, automated check in because I'll tell you. What I see in here from the person in front of me in line is, I checked in online and dot, 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 right? Or the key on my phone isn't working, dot, dot, dot. You, a hundred percent of the time, if people are at Target or Walmart or whatever, right? They have to call the person over, you know, to help them. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, what's coming up in 2024. One big thing is an election. And that impacts a lot of people, especially those frontline workers. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with President Liz Schuler. She is president of the AFL-CIO, the first woman to lead a labor movement. That's exciting. Your name's going to go down in history. I love that. Uh, go, go to AFLCIO.org. That's their website. You learn so much information about them on Twitter. Follow them at AFLCIO and follow President Schuler at Liz Schuler, L-I-Z-S-H-U-L-E-R. Back with her. Back with you right after this. Don't go away. We are back the second half of the hour with President Liz Schuler, AFL-CIO. Go to their website, aflcio.org. Follow them on Twitter at AFL-CIO and follow President Schuler at Liz Schuler, L-I-Z-S-H-U-L-E-R. President Schuler, thank you uh, for holding and welcome back. Um, 2024 coming up right around the corner, the new year ahead of us. And we have a lot of exciting things, and I know the AFL-CIO does as well, but there is a huge election. We have a presidential election, a general election. Um, what is the AFL-CIO planning to do in this election si cycle uh, to elect pro-worker candidates? Because obviously we've seen with this administration uh, a pro-worker president, a pro-worker senator, a pro-worker congressional member is a huge difference to the majority of our nation, that working middle class. Absolutely. Yes, there is an election coming up. Newsflash. Uh, I think everyone's already pivoting into 2024 and we are hard at work getting busy to build the biggest mobilization of our lifetimes. 
Um, and what we do in the labor movement is issue-based education of our members, you know, listening to our members, talking with them about the issues they care about. Um, economic issues, of course, are front and center because we know that people are very concerned about, you know, just making it in the economy. Uh, workers are working overtime. They're, they're kind of fed up, really, with how many, um, you know, in some cases, jobs they need to have to, to even survive. So we believe this has a direct tie to who we elect to office. And our job is to make that connection, um, listen to the issues that people care about, um, show them the pathway to making their voice heard, and really turning out uh, as many people as possible to the polls. And the one thing that's unique about the labor movement is we have a reach unlike any other institution in this country because we can mobilize actual working people in the workplace in every city, in every state in the country. And we have a network that really um, is unparalleled. So we want to use that network of our leaders, our activists, our rank and file, um, you know, to come together, uh, not just at the end of the year when the election's approaching, but really 365 days this year um, and be constantly communicating with our members on all of these important issues that are really driving people. When you talk about all those people in all those states, also almost every industry and just keeps growing yes. every few months. It's another industry, right? Uh, this past year, we've seen a lot of strikes, very high profile strikes. What do you attribute that to? Well, people are fed up and they're fired up. Uh, we've seen it time and time again that coming out of the pandemic where workers were told you're essential, uh, and then fast forward when they get to the bargaining table, the companies say, well, you know what, um, we can't find that extra dollar in our pocket, even though we've had a years of record profits. And in, the billion, in the billions, right? Yeah, exactly. Billions of dollars in profits, yet we can't find enough to reward the people who actually made those profits possible. So we've seen it time and time again. Um, you know, the strikes this year were unprecedented. Uh, we saw, of course, the headlines were consumed by uh, SAG-AFTRA and Writers Guild, um, healthcare workers at Kaiser, um, UAW and Blue Cross, Blue Shield workers. Um, and I think it was just an overarching theme. No matter what industry you work in, no matter what type of work you do, that we want dignity, we want respect. We wanna be able to put food on the table for our families and maintain decent health care and actually maybe retire someday. And it is possible if, if these companies share in the wealth that we help them create. And so that's what we saw. Absolutely, do you think this uh, being fed up and then couple that with seeing results, results that the unions are getting for these workers from these strikes. Do you think that's why we've just seen an incredible number, you know, like we haven't seen in years um, of organizing efforts? And do you think that trend is going to continue into 2024? I do. Absolutely. Uh, because workers found their voices. Workers are feeling their power. And so you see those big increases of, you know, 25% pay raises, um, you know, at UAW, of course, uh, the safeguards around artificial intelligence with SAG-AFTRA and, and WGA, staffing standards, you know, for safe patient care with our healthcare workers, 
success begets success, right? So I think we'll be seeing more of that next year. And it's inspired workers who aren't in unions to say, hey, you know, this is how we feel um, empowered. This is how we actually translate our needs into a contract uh, by organizing a union. And so we're seeing um, unprecedented organizing in industries that we never thought possible, you know, in in video games, who would have thought? Um, in cultural institutions like, you know, art museums, like we saw in Philadelphia last year. Um, healthcare workers in the South, where nurses in New Orleans came together, 800 nurses um, formed a union with NNU uh, at the, the hospital there in New Orleans. So I just, um, I'm excited because I think this is the momentum that, we've been building on for some time that is uh, at its height and we will continue to soar on into 2024. I, 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 have, a, I have a vote for doctors. Please, please unionize those people. So <laughs> <laughs> being married to one, you know? <laughs> yeah, and there are some doctors in unions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I keep yeah. saying that to my husband all the time. I'll be like, unionize, dude, unionize. You know? They're like, oh, we're sorry. You're working more and getting paid less. Unionize. And that's one thing. That's one of the reasons I think they organize because you have somebody who is really, really working so hard to provide for their family. And then they see that union worker um, is getting health care, is getting job protections, is getting retirement benefits and is getting a, a more decent livable wage, not just minimum wage. And you safety tweeted. and health. And let's think back yes. to the pandemic where nurses were told to wear garbage bags for safety protection. That's and disgusting. they walked out and they said that's unacceptable. And then they their union helped them get the PPE they needed and they walked yep. back into that hospital with the protections they needed. Yeah, that's that's humane. I mean, and it's also common sense. If your workers are sick or dead, you don't have a workforce. That's ridiculous. Um you tweeted this week about a new NBC News documentary. I was very interested uh, when I saw your tweet um, called Slaughterhouse Children. Can you please tell us about it and about lawmakers who are actually in support of repealing child labor protections? And I'm going to say that again. There are legislators who are in support. We've seen, you know, seen that. I remember the first time I, I, I just saw it even just on X or whatever. I'm like, huh? And I'm thinking it's some blog. No. It was a reputable news agency, and I went and read the article. So tell us about Slaughterhouse Children. And there are actually lawmakers out there who say, hey, child protection, labor protections, you know, for, for kids, let's get rid of them. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's repeal them. How is it in the year 2023, almost 2024, that we could be talking about children in the workplace, particularly in workplaces like meatpacking facilities, where it's extremely dangerous very little oversight, and the exploitation that is happening is just staggering. And I applaud uh, the reporting in this piece because um, I think we hear about child labor, you know, it's sort of out there as sort of background noise that you're hearing, you know, at different legislatures who are looking to roll back laws and protections for teenagers. Um, it's real. And this documentary shows that um, companies will stop at nothing in their drive for profits. And we see it over and over again, no matter what industry we're talking about, where the drive to make more money, to make the shareholders um, better off, uh, comes at the expense of working people and now children. 
Um, so I think it's a, a piece that if you have time, you know, during the holiday season, it would be very eye-opening for most people because no one thinks that in modern day society that we would be talking about um, the exploitation of children in the workplace. I mean, this seems like something from the turn of the century and it's still happening today. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, when I saw that, I was just uh, amazed. For the uh, last minute, you know, before we end here, our President Schuler, what are you most excited about in 2024? I'm excited about continuing the organizing that's happening and the courageous acts of working people uh, that continue to give us all hope. Um, and we see it in industry after industry. You know, we talked about young people who are so pro-union. Uh, we just had a survey this year that showed that 88% of young people under 30 support unions. So with their leadership, their activism, leading the rest of us um, in workplace after workplace, we're going to see more and more courageous um, acts of uh, defiance uh, where people are saying enough is enough. Uh, we deserve our fair share, we deserve dignity and respect, and we want to form a union. Yeah. So we like to say it's better in a union, and no matter what type of work you have, um, that's uh, what we hope is that more people will join, more people will find their voice, and that we'll see um, more of the year of the worker in 2024. Well, you are awesome. Thank you for joining us today. AFL-CIO is AFLCIO.org, their website. Follow them on Twitter at AFLCIO. Follow President Schuler at Liz Schuler, L-I-Z-S-H-U-L-E-R. And I just want to uh, thank you, President Schuler, not only for being here today, uh, but for making workers feel more confident when they wake up in the morning that this union and you at the helm of it have their back and you get results. And I just really commend you for that. You're, you're going to do even better next year because you've had you're like, I know how to do this now. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Leslie. Happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays. <laughs>